Hey, Dan. Hey, Tim. Do you uh, want to hear a joke? I do. Okay. It's uh, property related. Yep. Hey, girl, are you a mortgage? Because you've got my interest. <laughs> That's just... <laughs> is that... No good. <laughs> no, no good. It's not really much of a joke, is no it? No good. It's more, more let's of a pick-up Let's line. just move on from this okay. and go straight to the intro. Hi, this is Tim. This is just a heads up that all the advice you're hearing in this podcast is general in nature. If you want something more specific, then feel free to contact us. Drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk, drunk, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk, drunk, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, Hello and welcome to the podcast. My name is Dan. And I'm Tim. And we are the two drunk accountants. Yes, we are. Here today. Uh, Tim, what are we doing today? Well, with, we're with Todd Sloan. He is the founder of the Pizza and Property Podcast. And uh, he's an avid renovator. So, Todd, we're keen to have you on. We're, we've been, you know, people love property. They love it. I'm very keen to be on. Yeah, um, this, yeah this is going to be a special episode. Yeah, a very special episode. <laughs> I think what goes well with like beer and alcohol is pizza. So yeah. we're, we're a match made in heaven. We just didn't realize it yeah. until we came across each other, did we? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, not a tiger in the jungle, though. No, <laughs> no that's not good. No. No. Um, by the way, I found a much better joke as the intro was playing. Yeah. Uh, what does a house wear? What? Address. <laughs> That's true. a bit better. Get it? It's a bit better. <laughs> it's a bit less crass. It's a bit less better. All right, Tim, let's start off. What, what is the Tim, Tim and Danlo? Tim, how's your week? <laughs> Good. Uh, as we as we mentioned to Todd earlier, we were in Bathurst last week, Dan. So we were in Bathurst. We were in the Regional Development Australia um, backing. Business forum. Forum. Twenty twenty two. Twenty twenty two. It was good. We're out in Bathurst. We did a hot lap. Yeah. We did a hot lap, Tim. And by the hot lap, I mean I was in my I-30 <laughs> driving the speed limit of 60 around the Bathurst track. But uh, but we did it. We it did still it. feels very fast coming down the mountain. It did. It felt Jeez. too fast at points. Um, we also ran. We also ran it, Todd. We ran the uh, Bathurst Mount Panorama track. How long is the track? Six, Six Ks. Yeah. yeah. Only took That's us 45 minutes. Run. <laughs> yeah. There's a section that's like Steve Hill. We walked that. <laughs> <laughs> That took us about 20 minutes to get up that hill and yeah. then the rest of it was fine. But uh, yeah, my dad made the joke. Uh, we, we ran the lap about as fast as the I-30 could do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's true. It's true. <laughs> Not very fast. Yeah. Have you ever been out to Bathurst, Todd? No, I never have. And I'm, I'm definitely not a car guy. So I'm, mm. I'm not going to give you any grief on that side of things because I've got a Nissan cash guy that's mm. diesel. So we probably would have been neck and neck around the track. Yeah, as well. <laughs> yeah we're, we're also not car guys, but, but you go out to Bathurst and that's, that's what's there. The track. Yeah. <laughs> we're actually, we're actually we're staying on the track. The, the good people at uh, Regional Development Australia put us up there at the ridges yeah. and uh, we, we had a good time. We, we spoke uh, at the Backing Business Forum on, on Friday and there was some really great people from the industry and, and local businesses and uh, talking about, you know, how we get back into business. Yeah, it was uh, quite motivating for me and mm. I hope everyone else enjoyed us being a panelist. I got ripped into Dan you about uh, last week, Todd. I, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it was Valentine's Day last week and yeah. I did happen to say on the podcast that I think it's a, a bit of a scam. You know, I just don't partake in, in that day. Um, I'm not sure what your view is on that, but the MC of the event, uh, did her homework and then Mm, had shout out Pippa, (laughs) Pippa. She was great. She had many questions lined up for me around the whole Valentine's day being a scam thing. Mm. So, um, it was quite good. The crowd enjoyed it and got a good laugh at my expense, which Mm. is fantastic. 
Well, for me, it's kind of like a, a double because our anniversary actually happens to fall on Val- Valentine's Day. So it was oh. two year anniversary for me and Bianca and Valentine's Day. So it's kind of, wow. and we're both pretty stoogy with a lot of things like as far as finance. So it's kind of like the double present idea, but mm. we both enjoy the fact that it's like, Hey, we got two for one. It's, yeah. it's like <laughs> yeah. a good deal. Like, yeah, it's good. Yeah, you don't have to double up. I like yeah. that. Yeah. I like that. See, I actually did. So I'm, I'm married to Jade now. Um, 11 years ago, I did try and ask her out on Valentine's Day for that reason, Todd. Mm. So I can see we're, we're both followers of tight arsism, is what I like oh, yeah, to call absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to dive into that later. <laughs> um, the, a quick shout out then also next week, speaking of forums, uh, we're, yeah. we're sponsoring and, and we're going to be uh, uh, hanging out uh, next week at the um, Future of Business Forum. Yeah, which uh, is life on Mars. Life or? on Mars is, is the the next name of it. There, uh, it's a stronger than my excuses event, which is a, 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 a YouTube channel. YouTube channel, yeah. uh, but it's there on the Central mm-hmm. Coast, and we're going to be with a bunch of local businesses and also a bunch of industry people talking about various things across five panels. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we're going to be there next week on Wednesday. So if you're in the Central Coast area, mm. uh, I believe there's still some tickets available. So uh, look that up and, and come down and, and join in. There's also a, a, some, a drinks Ooh, event afterwards. Drinkies. So yes. yeah, come out and hang with us. Um, Todd, you won't be able to attend because you're from Radelaide. I am. Yeah, yeah. I, I will not be in the local area. No. <laughs> <laughs> What's been happening for you over the last week or month? Uh, for me, lots of stuff. Um, so just the market's going crazy. We, yeah. we thought it was going to maybe taper off a little bit because I think there was this not a complete lull, but just it went from like absolute madness to like instead of 70, 70, 80 groups coming through, you'd get like sort of 40 or 50. So, okay, maybe this is the start of the, yeah, the the decline. But I think it was just more so people having that, that absolute buyer fatigue. They've been trying to buy for for six, 12, and sometimes even more than 12 months time. They're so sick of hearing no. It's just like, let's just enjoy Christmas and then revisit. And that's exactly what happened around that kind of like mid January. It just went whoop, and everything has just gotten crazy. Wow. So it's it's good for business though, but um, right. yeah, it's it's a tricky time to buy. You, you you're literally talking my story. I've been in the market for about a year to find somewhere around here. Uh, everyone from Sydney decided to sell up and move here, so it was great. Yeah, it was great. But uh, we'll dive into that later when, <laughs> when we start talking about some hints and tips. I feel like I have fatigue yeah. watching Dan try to <laughs> try to buy in the market. <laughs> Yeah, and I yeah I won't go into it, but <laughs> <laughs> I've ranted on here a few times about it. Yeah. Well, and this is where it's also that delicate balance where you want to make sure that you're you're getting in for for what you want and paying mm. a reasonable price, mm. but you also don't want FOMO to completely kick in exactly. and then just pay something that's absolutely ridiculous. Like there there is definitely a, a balance between those two. Yeah, and and that's sort of what happened last year. It was very much. You know, if you if you don't buy this week, next week it's ten grand more. Um, mm. So there was some definite FOMO during that period. It's the vibe has changed um, here on the coast. It, it, you know, the prices are still going up, but it's a bit slower, and um, it's rare for a house to sell the day it goes up, which is what happened last year. And mm. and now it's like, oh, no, you have a bit of time to think about it. And so the the urgency seems to have left. Mm. Um, which was quite interesting. Um, so we, I'm just sort of taking a bit of a step back for a while. I'm getting married in a couple of months. I'm just focusing on that and and revisiting it a bit later. But um, but yeah, it, it is it is you know the FOMO was a real big part of it last year. You, you could just see people were just panicking and they were just throwing mm. silly money at at a house. And you're thinking, 
you're never going to recover from that, <laughs> from what yeah. you've just bought. And, you know, these are people, not well-off people, um, you know, mm. people who, who might have lower incomes and, and they're just, yeah, they, they assume interest rates will stay where they are forever. But, uh, you know, we're at a historic low right now, but loans last 30 years sometimes. So, Absolutely. And I don't know when this is going out, so this might not be as topical like uh, time-wise, but I'm pretty sure New Zealand actually just officially put up their rates today, 75 basis points. Oof. So like it's it's going to happen. Mm. Like they, they can't stay this way forever. Mm. Like the banks do build in a bit of a buffer. and mm. But I think it's my personal opinion on this, and I always have to say, and I think you already gave the disclaimer, this is not financial advice. Please seek independent professional or financial advice. Yep. But it's... It, it, I don't actually think it's going to be so much the rates going up that are going to hurt people in this this uh, early stage. It's just going to be, it's the fear of it. It's the unknown of, well, how much more is it going to keep going up? What's going to happen? And I think it's that that's going to have the knock-on effect to the market potentially in the end rather sure. than the actual rates themselves. That's an interesting point. Yeah. And, interesting point. You know, and, and you couple that with people then assuming we've hit the peak and trying to sell at the peak, mm-hmm. um, you know, potentially slightly less supply, more demand, so mm. what happens. Who knows what that looks like. And, and you only know you're at the peak when it starts going down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. True. So, and, and this is where it all comes back to like, what's actually good for you in your situation. Mm. But the, the FOMO side of it is like, like I sold a house just um, last week, like a week before, like two, a couple of weeks ago, uh, cash on conditional contract. So great, great um, sort of clean contract, mm. uh, no building inspection. They didn't view it because uh, they're interstate. Uh, didn't even get mum, dad, friend, anyone to view it. So they have not seen this property, have not set foot in it, have not had a building inspection and and just happy to do it. Wow. Just completely clean. That's insane. And, and I said to them, look, it's, it's a renovator. Like you, you're not getting this in perfect state. And then yeah. we made it very, very clear over several sort of times. It's like, you, you know what you're doing. Yeah. And they're like, yep, that's fine. We're going to gut it anyway. We don't care. We just want a house. Wow. Which is, yeah, just, to me, it's nuts. But they're, they're happy. There you go. Crazy times we live in. Anyway, let's, let's move on to the business update. Tim, have you got a business update? I do have a business update. Mm. I, would, I would love to hear more from Todd about uh, a bit of a market check in, in Adelaide because we obviously don't know or just South Australia in general, because we don't know what's happening down there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, but first of all, I just wanted to say this one. I got a, an interesting article through, uh, which was about who accountants are voting for in the federal election. <laughs> because it, how do they know who I'm voting I for? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, they, they apparently surveyed some people in December 2021. Mm. So, By surveyed all, people, do they mean MYB users or... <laughs> this is Accountants Daily, right? This yeah. is Accountants Daily. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, anyway, December 2021, things have kind of changed a little since then, I would say, anyway. Mm. Um, that that's, that's feels like a long time ago now. It does. And ScoMo yeah. doesn't know the price of milk or bread, so there's, <laughs> there's also that. Uh, but he's very good at playing the ukulele. Yeah. Which well, is, you know, that, that makes me want to vote for him. Anyway, um, apparently, out of the six sectors survey, six out of seven say that they preferred a coalition government and Scott Morrison as prime minister. On a two-party preferred basis, 58% said they preferred a coalition government over a Labour government uh, with legal services, the only sector to prefer a Labour government, uh, and Anthony Albanese as preferred prime minister. Hmm. So, But it, it is interesting because it's, it went on to say, the report noted that one in two voters are not completely certain they will vote for their current preferences on election day. <laughs> so, <laughs> 50% of people are still hedging their bets yeah. either way. It's, it's uh, 58% will prefer a coalition government, but half of those aren't sure. <laughs> so 
Um, Useful. We might be able to segue yeah. this over to more property chat. Yeah. How do elections <laughs> usually impact mm. property prices? Mm. Um, so depending on what they're actually really uh, gunning for. So yeah. back in, uh, I believe it was 2018, when uh, the, the Labor government was really pushing this whole, we're going to scrap negative gearing. Yeah. Uh, I've never seen such a lull, like all of my opens. A normal weekend, I'd do anywhere between sort of four and eight opens. I think I had six that weekend when it was like, it was, it's all about to, to turn. And you'd normally get, not in the crazy market we're in now, normally anywhere between sort of five and 15 groups yep. is like, a, that's a normal open house. Yeah. Mm. I, I went from that to having six opens and literally having, I think it was five groups through everything, like the, wow. the whole lot. And it was just purely because of the uncertainty. And I think yeah. that's really what it is. Like, and people don't, when they don't know what's going to happen or they don't feel like they know what's going to happen, they just kind of do nothing and sit on their hands. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that's probably going to be a big part of it now, but I don't know. I don't follow politics enough to have like a proper educated opinion on this because yeah. my, my basic philosophy on it and sorry to any politicians if I'm offending you with it, but until a politician can be held accountable for the promises they make when they're up for election, I don't care. Totally because it's like you can say whatever you want and then it's just like later it's oh sorry guys i actually can't do that anymore well, <laughs> yeah. that's for you, though. <laughs> exactly that's oh. it's why we always laugh at the budget because it's it's a marketing opportunity the budget it's, it's, it's not yeah. you know a lot of the things they announce aren't law and will never be law <laughs> but we still get many calls the next day yeah. <laughs> asking what about that budget announcement last night so mm. yeah. Um, yeah. so yeah no we we agree with that and i think yeah, that, that is interesting. It's an uncertain times leading into the election. We've got the end of COVID. What does that look like? You know, will there be another variant? Are we going to, is there going to be future problems? Interest rates. Interest rates are going to go up. We've got the Ukraine issue happening now. Mm. Um, there is a lot of uncertainty in the world. Um, For sure. Which is why the share market has been pretty volatile in the last few months. Yeah. So last week I mentioned I bought some zero shares and uh, I bought some more because they went down further. And they've since mm-hmm. gone down further again. So, uh, yeah, we'll see when, yeah, that, when that slide ends. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely not the guy to talk to about shares. If you guys want to learn how to turn $5,000 into $3,000, I'm the man. <laughs> I can help out. <laughs> That's what I've done so far. <laughs> I had the same thing with Zip. I was like, yeah, BNPL space. This is good. Like, mm. I personally don't use Zip or any of that. I think it's silly, but I looked at the, the potential. I was like, I can see a lot of people doing this. Yeah. It fell off from $15 to 10 I was like, bye, bye, bye. And then it fell from 10 to 7 I was like, bye, bye, bye. And now I think it's at 3 And I'm like, I'm just going to wait this one out now. It's a waiting game now. Oh, yeah. my God. Oh. That's classic. Hopefully yeah. zero bounces back. Mm. Yeah, that's that's an interesting article, Tim. I'm keen yeah. to, to see what happened. Uh, the business update sponsored by Cats Accountants. Yeah. Um, Todd, is there any interesting stuff happening in the Adelaide property market right now mm. we should know about? Or just that it's ridiculous yeah. it's just it's hotter than ever and i think one of the reasons that it feels like brizzy and adelaide are the two places that are really going gangbusters yeah, because yeah. like sydney melbourne that they had their time in the sun it feels like between sort of 2014 2017 when nothing was happening in brizzy and, and adelaide and especially brisbane as well we find that i know you just asked me about adelaide but the, the two yeah. seem to be very linked at the moment yeah. and that the house price uh, or median house price of brisbane and, and sydney used to be something like 10 percent apart and now it's something like 50% apart. It's wow. just, it's, it's huge. And, and with Adelaide, you used to be able to buy a house, like a, a four bedroom, two bathroom house for like three hundred and fifty, four hundred thousand dollars $400,000. People have recognized that now. Mm. And they've recognized that like, we've always been the, 
again, I, I run the risk of offending my whole state that I love and live in, but we've kind of been like the stepbrother of, of Sydney and Melbourne. We just kind of follow along, but you actually come here now. It genuinely is a beautiful place. Oh, We've yeah. got amazing yeah, beaches, amazing. The, the wine culture, the city, everything that's offered here. Yeah. We're finding more of an influx of people actually selling something that's half as good for twice as much yeah. to, to buy something that's twice as good for half as much. And that's nice. what I think is really bringing a lot of the, the pressure on this market at the moment. Yeah, yeah well, that's, that's exactly what happened here on the Central Coast uh, last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. You know, the difference between a, a house price here and, and Sydney was exactly what you're describing. Um, and so when all these people no longer had to work from the office, they moved here. Yeah. And you could buy a house on the beach for less than the house that you lived at in, you know, Blacktown. Your, yeah. yeah, or your apartment. <laughs> yeah, or your apartment. One bedroom apartment in the city. Mm. So, yeah. There you go. Interesting. I would love to own a little house near the beach in South Australia. Just mm. a little beach, beach shack. Any good suburbs to keep, keep uh, my eyes peeled on, Todd? It all depends on what you're trying to achieve. Ah. Uh, I mean, like yeah, it, I love it. That's good. Good sound well, advice. It, it is. It is all different. Um, personally, I like stuff that's underrated. The ugly yeah. duckling that's uh, about to turn into the beautiful swan. Nice. I think Christie's has gone through that a bit. Like Christie's used to be a very rough area. I, I grew yeah. up down the road from it. Now it's like it's still got a bit to go through that gentrification cycle, but it's it's a beautiful spot. I think O'Sullivan Beach next to it gets forgotten about quite a lot. Um, I remember helping my brother buy there uh, back in, I think it was like 2015. It was like a three-bedroom house on 350 square meters. Something like $210,000. It's it's probably worth close to to half a mil now. And it literally takes six minutes to walk from the front door to the sand. It's a a great spot, but it's still going through that gentrification cycle. So it's Mm -hmm. um, something to watch. That's interesting. I mean, even just uh, from from my perspective, half a million dollars is a six minute walk to the beach. Yeah, Jeez, I think that sounds like a bargain. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! I'm looking at a million dollar house that's a knockdown, and you know, twenty five minute walk to the beach. Yeah, like um, yeah, five hundred thousand dollar houses. You can't even get a government, an ex government, estate housing here. No. Anymore. So yeah, that's I, exciting. I, that's pretty cool. I literally looked at one the other day. It was nine fifty. <laughs> I, I genuinely don't think they're going to stay this way for much longer though. No. Like I think we've, we've got a bit more to, to go, a bit more fuel in the tank in Adelaide because it's still just the, the comparison is just mm. huge. Yeah. We're never going to be the same kind of meeting house price as Sydney and Melbourne, just mm. not what we offer. But but I think the, the disparity is still too big and that's, that's going to shrink a little. Yeah, nice, nice. Love it. Cool. All right, Tim, good tight ass tip. Uh, well, actually, I'm going to hand that over to Todd today because, uh, yeah, he, he emailed us before the show and he said he would like to participate in so Tim's tight-ass tip. You're a tight-ass, so. Todd? Absolutely. And yes. and so is my other half. Yeah. Um, and so we're, we're currently working on a, a Renault project. Well, actually, we've just wrapped up one um, and she's about to get another one. And we thought it'd be a fun idea to see if we could renovate the entire bathroom. We don't even know what the next property is yet. We're still looking for it. Nice. But renovate the whole bathroom off of the Bunnings middle section clearance aisle. Wow. So when you go into Bunnings, not a lot of people know this, but generally Saturdays are the best. Go, go walk into the center of Bunnings near like the, the trade desk kind of thing. And there's always stuff getting chucked out. We've already got a vanity down from $500 to $100. Whoa. We've got a sink down from $250 to $20. We got some blind, like a whole bunch of stuff, it's and amazing, we're going to make a, a video out of it. But you don't need to make a video out of it. Just go and check out the middle aisle of Bunnings, and That's there's so almost good. always good bargains. I love that. That is great. 
That sounds like a great TikTok video, actually. Yeah, it does. <laughs> and it's sad that I say that because I only got a TikTok a couple of weeks ago. But uh, uh, it's like crack for your eyes. <laughs> uh, it really is. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, that is a That's fantastic a great... tight ass tip. I didn't know about that. Must be something about property and Bunnings related tight ass tips because <laughs> when Mike was on recently, Mike Mortlock, his uh, his tight ass tip was also Bunnings related. So that's it good. Was. Yeah. What was his? Do you remember? Uh, it was more of like a buy everywhere. Yeah, we have to be you have to be mindful. Mike's an accountant, so like he's one of us at heart. Um, okay. Uh, so his was uh, uh, we were talking about price matching, mm. and he said buyers beware at Bunnings. They say they price match and they'll beat it by ten percent, but mm-hmm. they get manufacturers to actually make a s- entirely different model that has a different badge number, even though it's the same thing, so that they're technically not having to price match. Yeah, okay. Mm. Actually, you've just reminded me of another quick Bunnings one. Well, I've never actually done this one myself, but my Mm. auntie did, and I can't believe it's normal. Apparently, (laughs) if you buy plants from there, put them in your garden, and they die, within 12 months, you can dig them up, take your dead plants back to Bunnings, (laughs) and they either replace them or give you a refund. Really? I thought, yeah, I thought this was just a myth. She did it. And I'm like, Sue, you can't. And she's like, oh, no, it's all right. That's what they said, 12 months. And she just literally took like a truck, well, not a truck, but like a, a carload yeah. of dead plants back to Bunnings and they just replaced them all for her. I'm legit going to try this because I have two plants that died from Bunnings. I've got one from Bunnings that died yeah. and it's on my deck and I didn't water it. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your fault? It, I can take it back. And natural causes. Natural causes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, nice. I like that one too. That was a great oh, one. That's a really well, good tight ass tip. Really good tight ass tip. You are in the running for tightest ass, <laughs> yeah. which is a drunky award at the end of the year. Yeah. So. Okay. Let, let me know what else I need to do. I want that award. Yeah. <laughs> You'll get it. All right. So let's move on to our main topic today, which is all about some hints and tips and some things to know around buying a property. Yeah, I think our clickbaity title for this podcast will be five things your agent won't tell you about buying a property. So I wish I had like I the law and order sound effect, like dum dum. <laughs> yeah. uh, I had to take that out actually. I used that on my show and then found out it was copyrighted, so don't put it in. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, we we have this sound. We made that ourselves. That's how that's, that's yeah. not copyrighted <laughs> by anyone. Yeah. We have to change two hundred episodes. And- <laughs> Uh, but no, I mean, um, Todd, you are our first property specialist that we've had come on the show. Um, awesome. So we had Mark Mark Mortlock on. He, he appreciation schedules, well, yeah. appreciation schedules. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, we thought from different angles, mainly mainly for our small business customers um, mm. or listeners. Sorry, um, it's going to be about buying a home to live in mm. today. Mm-hmm. Is what the chat's going to revolve okay. around, and. Um, I mean, obviously, there's a thousand things you could talk about here. You even wrote a book about it. <laughs> um, I did. Yeah. What? Uh, just tell everyone the book's name as well. Uh, Australia's know. Home Buying Guide. Perfect. Yeah. So, if there's and, anything... And if you keep listening to the end of the show, we'll give you the opportunity. Ooh. Five lucky people are going to get that book for free. That's it. Yes. If you're live streaming right now, that's what we were referring mm. to at the beginning. Yeah. So, there is an actual giveaway that you will mm. get. We will... <laughs> because Todd's sending it, not us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, um, yeah, Todd, we're just uh, really keen to get your insight onto common mistakes or things to watch out for mm. when buying a property. So, yeah, 100%. 
Yeah. So where should we start? First one, mm. well, most common that I see at the moment and actually have seen over like years, but the most common one now is really finance. Mm. And whether you're a business owner, whether you're a PAYG, it doesn't matter. If you're putting offers forward and you're saying something like, hi, I'm just about to get my finance approved. It's almost done. It's nearly there. Any of these kinds of words, most agents, they, they won't tell you, but realistically, that offer is not even being considered 99% of the time. Yeah, and and yeah. it's not because maybe it's not a good offer, but it's because when you're in such a hot market like we're in now and you've got another 5, 10, 20, however many offers up against it, it only takes one other offer that's identical in all of the other sort of aspects, but they've actually got their pre-approval yeah. or they're willing to go cash unconditional, whichever one it is. That's and true. I really wouldn't advise going cash unconditional if you don't have your pre-approvals in place. Like that's, that's a very risky move to do. Yeah. You want to make sure that you've got it done, For sure. but, For sure. but that's, that's a big one. And something else is go to a broker, especially if you're a business owner, you're going to be more difficult to actually service. That's yeah. the honest yeah. truth of it. Okay. Mm. Yeah. And sometimes yeah you'll find some some banks might actually just, you're not a fit for their lending capabilities or not their lending capabilities, sorry, more so their loan book that yeah, they've got. their appetite. Mm. Yeah, and, and if you hear a no from them, it doesn't necessarily mean that you can't get finance. It just means that that's not quite, uh, you're like you're not the kind of customer that they're after. I'm trying to put this all in like very simple sort of language. Yeah. But if you go to a broker, then chances are you can say, well, look, this is my business. This is how long we've been in business. This is our turnover, all the rest of this kind of stuff. And it makes sense for them to go, oh, actually, yeah, don't worry about going to XYZ lender. They're not going to touch you with a barge pole. But over here, they, you're exactly what they want. These people will, oh, these people will love you. Exactly. And yeah. Totally agree. I think a good example is ANZ. So they take one year of business financials as, as opposed to averaging two. So mm -hmm. small business owners, that's that's awesome. That's gold. Yeah. Right? And uh, I think yeah. a, to take a step further even back than this is um, tell your accountant that you're looking to buy a house in the next couple of years because your financials can look drastically different if Absolutely. we're looking for something from a tax perspective compared to a profit maximization perspective. True. So yeah. uh, a good accountant will work with a broker well in advance of you actually being ready to buy a property. Yeah, that's true as well. Finance. I've seen that so many times before mm. when people are like, oh, I can't get the finance now because, you know, my accountant makes it look like I only earn $27,000 when mm. I really actually earn 200 or whatever it is. Mm. And they're like, oh, stupid banks. And it's like, well, no, it's, it's not the bank's fault. Like yeah. you've made it look like you only earn $27,000. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Spot on. Yeah. So I think, uh, yeah, working with a broker and getting that finance. So, so yeah, that's so interesting that, that, yeah, people are approaching to buy a house and say, oh, I've almost got my finance in order. And, and yeah, it makes sense. There's five other people who are making a similar offer. And if they've got cash or their finances all sorted, they're going to go with that offer. I made this mistake. Mm. I am that person who said that yeah. to the real estate agent. And somehow I still ended up with a house, but uh, we well had done. to, yeah. <laughs> Uh, that, that tells me a few things. Maybe there weren't any other interested buyers. <laughs> How long ago did you buy? Uh, five years ago. So it was very different times back yeah. then. Yeah. Though it did feel like a peak in, a, in the market. Um, See, learning, very different to now. Learning from Tim's mistake and him pulling his hair out and since then now owning a business, uh, I, I went well in advance to my broker who I just know through work and got it all sorted, got my pre-approval and said, we're ready to do it. Let's go. We've got a deposit, got a pre yeah. and it's been 12 months and I haven't got anything. Still haven't found one. Yeah. That's Have you gotten close? Yeah. A couple of times. 
Like, and it's just like one just fell through. 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 One we were successful yeah. and it fell through. Valuation problem. Uh, okay. And then the next couple, we were the top sort of one, or, or sorry, the top two ish sort of offers. Mm-hmm. But the next person along just came and blew us out of the water and they just took that. And and a lot of the time agents don't even call us back during the worst times last year. Can and we, we open up the, the valuation problem a little bit? Like was it out by like sort of five, 10 grand or like 50 grand, a hundred grand, like huge amount. Yeah. Huge amount, like 120 grand. Mm-hmm. Uh, so right. we, we end up having, cause it's so a long story short. I had my loan structured in a particular way that that was important in the short term. Yeah. Uh, we've since completely changed that. Um, so we had to pull out of this, of this place. And, um, the next day it sold for 70 grand more. God, that is frustrating. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Um, yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. Mm. Anyway, that's just a tidbit of my experience, yeah. but finance, very important. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, it's funny. We've both made mistakes along yeah. the way. So I made the cardinal mistake. Yeah. And, but that tells me now I probably did pay overs from a property. Um, but it's fine now, but potentially, yeah. but when it's not a hot market, you could have also just paid fair market value mm-hmm. and it's, it's, there's not 50 other people lined up behind you. I and that lucky. makes a huge difference. I got yeah. lucky. Yeah. But also your point about, um, I suppose, yeah, my point was I had to extend the cooling off period and that was just, just horrible. It was so stressful and yeah, just got the legal documents couriered on the day of settlement to the bank so wow yeah we really dodged a bullet there in terms of penalties and interest and all those Mm. nasty things so and i know this isn't one of our five things but just on that when you say about the cooling off period as well make sure that when you do buy and then not so much for you guys but just for everyone listening right now that you actually understand your cooling off period the two things is what triggers it and how long it goes for Mm. because it's it's different in every state and like sometimes drastically different like in, in Victoria, it's not actually, it doesn't start when you've got a fully signed contract. It starts from when the purchaser signs the contract. Oh, whereas wow. in, and, and it's three clear business days where in South Australia, it's two clear business days, but even when both purchaser and vendor have signed the contract, it still hasn't started yet until the form one served. Wow. So it's, it's different. It goes anywhere from, from no cooling off whatsoever. So Tassie doesn't have one. Really? Um, yeah, there's, there's no cooling off over there. Uh, and then you've got five clear business days over in, in New South Wales. Yeah. Like it's, it's all very, very different. Wow. So make sure you understand when it starts and, and how long it is. That would be so stressful with no, cle- uh, no cooling off or, or two days. Like how do you get a building inspection done in that time? And, and It's all done in a different order. Yeah. Suppose, One so. of the most common questions I get, and I have no idea how they manage their diaries, but yeah. we always get it done. Like I, I had a building inspection today at 9.30 and, and I had this exact conversation with the purchaser mm. yesterday going, we can't get it done in two days. And I'm like, just trust me, like we, we really can. Yeah. And, and yeah. If, if you think I'm fibbing and, and I don't get it done, you can call off. That's always the ace that you've got up your sleeve yeah. is protection. Yeah. And naturally none of us want that to happen. Yeah, mm. true. Wow. That just makes it hectic to be part of that process. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Those yeah. Ooh, <laughs> nice one. There you go. That's a really good tip. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. And that is a huge learning for me from this episode. <laughs> so what's what's the next thing that we should be considering? But next one, when you're buying it, and I really want to like pre-frame, like, like you were saying at the, the beginning, I don't know if it's Tim said it or Dan said it, but this is uh, for home. This isn't mm-hmm. for an investment property, but when it's for home, this is actually something I used to just do with clients that were a little bit stuck. And, and you'd write out a list of, wants needs and won'ts and and i've got this in the book and it's something that the first two are fun to do Mm. like sit down if it's just by yourself you're buying with a partner whatever your situation is 
write out all of the things that you actually want in a property mm. and, and go a little bit crazy, like not, not too, too insane, but, but have fun with it. And then next you want to write down a list of what you actually need. Now this one's really important because it's really easy to confuse wants and needs. Like in the book, I talk about how, when I was buying a place a while ago, I've always wanted a secret bookcase door that opens up to like a bat cave. Nice. And, and I make the joke I also about want like, that. It'd be so cool. And <laughs> I make the joke about my like partner at the time saying like, Todd, I know you love Batman and I know you want a bookcase though, but I'm pretty sure this is not in the needs column. It's in the wants column. <laughs> so you just really need to be honest with yourself, but the needs are stuff like uh, we, we need to walk the kids to school because yeah. maybe uh, my, my wife doesn't drive and, and we can't actually like put them on the bus or things like that. So that means well, we need to be within a, a one to two kilometer ring of whatever the school the kids go to. Nice. Things like that are super important. But the one that I think a lot of people forget is the wants. Yeah. So it's wants, needs and wants. And the wants, a lot of the time you might need to spend a bit more time on it and it's not the fun one, mm. but it's the the one that can end up costing you so much money if you don't do it. Yeah. And yeah. and what I mean by that is most of the time when we get a call back in, like actually just the other day, a property I sold that had been for six months ago. Um, she's ended up um, relisting that. She wants to sell it now after six months. So you got to think of the $30,000 she's just paid in stamp duty because she's uh, hates mowing the lawn. It's so simple and it sounds so silly, but it's, that's the kind of thing. Like personally, I don't like mowing lawn. I, I'm not a gardener at all. I can't even keep basil alive. Mm-hmm. But it, if, if that's in the, the wants, co- sorry, the wants column from the beginning, well then, you know, just rule out anything that either doesn't have a little AstroTurf bit or yeah. that's, that's actually not going to work mm-hmm. because yeah. it's such a costly mistake, Definitely. but we, we need to remember that it has to actually fit your lifestyle. It has to yeah. actually do what you want it to do. And, and I feel that that wants column can be a, a super simple, but super powerful one to actually really understand when you're buying. I like that one. And it's like, um, asking the unasked question. Mm. Um, so there's a great book, uh, called the road less stupid. And, um, yeah, it's all about not paying dumb taxes, Yeah, which unfortunately that person you just mentioned before is, is paying a little bit of a dumb tax for that. Um, because they didn't consider the unasked question of, what don't I want mm. in a property? Mm. We are all too focused on what we, we are keen on rather than mm. what's going to actually end up being a massive headache for me. So, yeah, uh, absolutely. I think, um, I think it's really important because this helps stave things off like FOMO, for instance. If, if, yeah. if, you know, if you're panic buying and you look at this place and you're like, oh, we, but we could buy it. And you're like, yeah, but it's like five of our won'ts we're just going to hate it. So why, why are you buying it? Nice. Um, I think that is something that I, in my own journey have come back to recently where nice. we've sort of redefined that ourselves and be like, yeah. well, no, why are we even looking at that? Yeah. <laughs> we don't want it. Yeah, we can buy it, but we don't want it. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I, like, I like that. Sometimes you can also get a better deal as well. If you've got a place where a lot of other people have won'ts that you don't mm. like we, we live in a flight path personally i love planes i actually nice. quite enjoy when i'm sitting down i used to edit the the podcast and now it's just like whenever i'm typing up reports or whatever i'll actually sit down and watch the planes come in mm. they are loud okay like yeah. one's actually flown overhead but i've really soundproofed the studio okay but but i actually enjoy that but there'd nice. be so many people that are just like i am not living anywhere near a flight path yeah. so sometimes you can also kind of flip that to potentially get yourself a bit of a better deal as well competitive advantage yeah, yeah i like that if you're open to that that's awesome 
One of my oh. ones that I just wanted to mention was uh, I would love a house with a squash court. Put that out there. Squash <laughs> court? Yeah. Do you sell yeah. many houses with squash courts, Todd, or see many in the market? I've never even seen one. I, we've mm. sold a few with saunas. I, I, yeah, I've done yeah. that, but um, mm. not many with squash courts. No, tennis courts, yep, but yeah. that'd be a first. If you find any of the squash courts, then hit me up. Uh, done. Yeah. As long as it's <laughs> under half a million. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Is that in the needs column or the want uh, column? It's probably a want. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in my wants column is house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Dan. Okay. Poor Dan. Let's, yeah. let's talk after the show, mate. I, yeah. I'm like, yeah, if I can help more, I'm, I'm happy to. Dan's going to end up moving to South Australia. <laughs> Sounds great. I almost, <laughs> moved to, I almost moved to Brisbane several times. <laughs> Brizzy's beautiful. I got I mean, family in Brizzy. Yeah. It's a good spot. Yeah, we love it there. It's great. Yeah. All right. Cool, so, cool. so, the next thing on, on the list then. Yeah, what else have we got? Number three. <laughs> Next thing is titles. So mm. titles is something that I think is really important purely because there's going to be more and more people that are actually priced out of buying home. Yeah. It's pretty soon. Because this is just going crazy. At open homes that we're now seeing at, um, at open units instead, yeah. just simply because they can't afford the house anymore. Mm. So the, the thing that I think is really important is actually understanding about titles. So the, the, the three sort of main ones are normally community title, Torrens title, and strata title. You do have company titles, moiety titles, there, there's all different ones, yeah. but they're not as, um, and not as common. Okay. And actually, unless you're in Sydney, there's quite a few company titles in, in Sydney. Uh, but I've seen Torrens and Strata a lot, but I'm not, I'm not that familiar with communities. I'm keen to hear more uh, about that, what yeah. that is. Okay, so community title. So let's say you've got a, a row of three townhouses. The actual land that's the driveway is then going to be known as like community land. Yeah, okay, okay. So yep. Everyone's then responsible for that. There needs to be some kind of a public liability insurance paid for that. Any kind of just general maintenance, things like that. It's all kind of, uh, it's it's absorbed by the three owners and, and a third share each. Yeah, okay. okay. So, but the big difference between that and strata is you actually own the bricks, the mortar, the everything. Like if, if the roof goes kaput on your townhouse, mm. you actually are responsible for that maintenance. There's not a sinking fund, yep. okay, which I'm going to open up a little bit more about in a second. Yep. So, but if that was a strata complex, let's say the exact same one, general, and again, I'm, I'm overly simplifying this a little bit, but generally everything from the rock inside back is strata's responsibility where yeah. when it's community title if the wall just snaps in half that's that's yours but it's it's not with strata does that kind of make sense yeah no that definitely makes sense definitely and, and makes this sense. is why it's really really important that don't just be turned off by strata because they're not all created equally mm. and a lot of the time like I, i've just recently bought one in in strata and i was fine with it because the the, the actual community charges were, were significantly lower We've sold places where they've been, yeah, $5,000 a quarter when it's, it's huge. But then this one was a very different apartment. Though. That was a penthouse. But, but for this, it was something like $310 a quarter. It was pretty reasonable. And it also included all of the, the building insurance as well. So, yeah, but yeah. The, the big thing to check out is actually the minutes. And this is what you want to either ask the agent for or actually call up directly to the body corporate manager. Get the minutes from the AGM. Okay, because if you've got the minutes from the AGM, plus if you can actually look at what's in the sinking fund, admin fund is important as well, but the sinking fund is super important. If there is nothing in that sinking fund, 
and you're walking around this unit complex and going, mm, there's some cracks here. Oh, that looks like it needs some work. You could be hit with what's called a special levy. Mm. Okay. So a special levy is essentially a bill that you have no choice but to pay and generally pay pretty damn quick as well. Wow. So wow. I'm actually, I've sold one for a gentleman uh, who, how long has he had it for now? I think he had it for about eight years. Six months after buying it, he got hit with a special levy of $20,000 because they were redoing the driveway. And, and it was just this massive driveway and it was going to cost a fortune, but there wasn't that many units in the actual complex and he had no choice. It was just, bam, you, you are now paying this bill. So yeah, I, I remember looking at some place and, and it, it was a strata title and they're like, oh, okay, yeah. And you know, yeah, there's a, um, a special levy coming up to, to add into the, to the sinking fund. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, oh, how, how much? And uh, 10 grand. I was like, what? <laughs> Just to go into the sinking fund. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like a lot of hard work, but I can see how if you can find the right place and the right mm. group of owners, then it would be a very positive thing. Yeah, because, for sure. Yeah. Being, being in a unit complex is going to be more accessible. And, and as you said, Todd, you know, it's, it's getting to the point where there's a lot of people who are now priced out of the market and, and looking into townhouses or, or units or villas or whatever it is. Uh, is probably going to be the direction that a lot of first home buyers or downsizers especially are looking at. Yeah, and, and that's exactly it. So it's it's not a don't do it because you, you might be in a position where you kind of have to, but mm. just do, do it diligently. Look, yeah, look into yeah. the things that you really need to look into. Don't just ever buy blindly. And if the agent goes, oh, yeah, it's really, really well managed, maybe they're telling the truth. Maybe it is really well managed, but but look into it yourself. Get Get that in black and white. Nice. I think that's a great tip. Would you stay away from any of the ones that are self-managed? It depends on the size. Mm. So I've sold self-managed ones that are just side-by-sides before. Mm. Um, and that was brilliant because it was like $200 a year. So mm. it was basically not a strata titled property. Yeah. Um, but but otherwise, I don't know. Again, I'd, I'd want to look at the, the minutes. I'd want to look at their AGMs because it is important. There's a lot of the time, like the way I describe it in the book is, it's kind of like a dictatorship versus a democracy, whereas a dictatorship is your Torrens title. Short of the the council coming in and going, hey, you know, you can't do that. You can pretty much do whatever you want within reason. And, yeah. and I want to emphasize within reason. But with your, your strata title, it is that democracy. Everyone has their right to, to say. And if you've got 12 opinions, five opinions, it's not that bad. But if you've got... 50 opinions, 100 opinions, 200 opinions, that's when it can really just get drowned out into noise. I was, I was talking to a friend about this just the other day. It's, do you remember that movie Men in Black? Yep. Yeah, it's my favorite quote from it is people are smart. No, sorry. A person is smart, but people are dumb, dangerous, panicky, a panicky animals and you know it. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good quote. And I think it's so true. You get everyone individually. Most of the time, people people are smart. Yeah. They know what's the, the right choice and what's the wrong choice. But get a big group together and get big financial concerns on top of that. You, you can get some dumb decisions made very quickly. <laughs> Definitely. I My favorite quote from Men in Black is, um, I do this on the podcast, I like to say, Tim, do you know the difference between you and I? <laughs> I, I take my glasses off and I say, I made this look good. <laughs> I love that we both have favorite men in black quotes. Uh, just the right age, I guess. The same <laughs> we're not talking Chris Hemsworth, men in black. No, no, no. Yeah. It's strictly. Uh, no, no, Will Smith. Strictly Tommy Will Smith. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So that's, that's great. That's, that's a, a much better understanding then of, of, you know, what to look for on the strata and, and getting the minutes is, is a really good tip. Um, what's the next thing that we should be looking for? 
negotiating. So let's say you've, you've done your, your wants, your needs, you've got your finance approved, you, you know what you're getting as far as your title is concerned. There's, it's got more to do with what not to say rather than what to say, because learning what to say, it, it truly is a, it's an art form. It's, it's not like a black and white science of this is good, this is bad. But, but something that I always really coach my vendors on when they're purchasing is, is not really giving away the information of like time pressure because that, that will be used against you. And make no mistake, the sales agent is there to get the best result they can for the seller, yeah. not for you as, as the buyer. They want to service you and you still want a, a good experience and all that kind of stuff. But as much as a, a sales agent might be like, oh, you know, I'm going into bat for you and oh, I'm doing this and we're yeah. doing that. They're not. They're, they're working for the seller. Mm, and yeah. and by giving someone a really tight time frame, I can guarantee you, actually, no, I can't because if they're a, yeah, not a good agent, they won't. But an, an agent that's really trying to get top dollar for their seller, they will use that against you. Now, mm. what I mean by a tight time frame is um, if you were to say, look, we're living with the in-laws at the moment and, and we just, I can't stand it anymore. I can't hear one more of my mother-in-law's stories about mm. blah, blah, blah. Um, we, we need to get out. Uh, the kids are driving me crazy, all this kind of stuff. When you then later on try and push with the agent and say like, oh, no, we're not doing that time-wise, if the agent's got a brain in their head, they're going to be like, oh, I'm pretty sure you don't want to be living there anymore. <laughs> they're, they're going to be standing their ground more. Yeah. So, so I think that's one of the big things is you don't want to say like, oh, yeah, we've got all the time in the world when you've yeah. got a situation that has a bit of a, a time sensitivity to it. Yeah. But yeah. you just want to come across maybe a little bit more sort of, uh, I don't know if aloof is the word, yeah. but it just feels like the right one to say. Yeah. Of like, yeah, look, we, we want to move. Yeah, we're living with the in-laws at the moment. But it's not the best. But, yeah, we're, we're fine with it though. Um, when the right one pops up, it'll pop up. Careful giving them too much information mm. and perhaps just invariably giving them some leverage. So, yeah. Correct. Uh, Co- coach me on this. This is a you know this is a typical thing that I I would say and, and tell me if you think this is good strategy or, or bad strategy. Mm-hmm. I, I walk in and I say um, my uh, fixed period uh, rent finishes in two weeks. I love this house and I will do and pay whatever necessary <laughs> to get it. I'm going to make an offer though fifty below the <laughs> the asking price. I'm I'm starting to see why you're missing out. Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay. Yep. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Um, yeah. No. This kind of makes me want to be a real estate agent, Dan, with uh, that story you just sold. That's <laughs> like easy pickings. Oh, but that that's another good one though, and and maybe a lot more common rather than the the mother-in-law, father-in-law kind of story is is actually talking about like a, your lease that's about to expire. Mm. So if if that is the case, again, it's there's nothing wrong with saying that, but really coming across like we we have no choice, it, it's going to be used against you. Mm. Yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, they're 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 always very friendly and very approachable and. Nice dress and they smell good and they drive nice cars. So, I mean, they lull you into a false sense of security, don't they? Uh, Absolutely. And, yeah. and when someone's selling your house for you, that's exactly what you want them to do. Because yeah. when you're the vendor, you don't want someone that's like, oh, they were such a nice guy. They gave that that uh, buyer such a good discount. I'm yeah. really glad I employed them. It's, that's not how it works. True. What's the, um, the guy from The Simpsons who is... He's the car salesman who always struggles oh, to sell. Oh, Gil. Gil. Oh, Gil. Oh, Gil. Oh, Gil. Oh, Gil. Oh, Gil. Almost made a sale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Well, um, that makes sense. And it is hard to reconcile that, really. Like, mm. as, as a first buyer, 
you're sort of just a bit too trusting mm. um, sometimes. And Not me. No, well, I've been on, shattered. Just, just quickly on the opposite side to that though, as well is not telling the agent anything like going in there, like complete silence mm. that can work against you too. Okay. Because uh, like that, that property that I was talking about before the off market one, as much as like, I think that's a bit like full on having no inspections, no nothing that actually came from someone that, that actually reached out and said, Hey Todd, I've got between X and Y to spend. This is the kind of thing we're looking for. Blah, 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 blah. Wow. Like it didn't make, like if you, you could tell me right now, Dan, that you, you've got $10 billion in your finance approval. It's not going to make the $550,000 house worth $10 billion. Yeah. Like, and that's why it's always making sure that you can say like, yeah, we're, we're approved up to X for the right property. Yeah. And that's where that, that, that little phrase there for the right property is what's then going to come back when you're negotiating later on when they're like, Oh yeah, but Dan, you have approved for blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's like, Oh yeah, I am but I need to do this to this property. I need to do yeah. this. I need to do that for the right property. Yeah. I'm happy to pay that. And this is almost there, but, but yeah. not, not quite for those dollars. Be, yeah, nice. Being, being serious. Um, something that I, cause I, I was always really, really worried about telling the agents what I was approved for. Mm. Um, because it was more than I was willing to borrow. Mm. Um, so, but I, I would often say that, you know, if they go, Oh, so what, what are you approved for? I say, Oh, you know, this house is within what mm. I can afford. Mm. I'd sort of put it out like that rather than be like, oh yeah, I'm approved for mm. 200 grand more than this. You wouldn't give them an amount. Yeah, I wouldn't give them an amount. I'd just kind of say, oh yeah, now I'm, I'm in play for the asking price sort of, yeah. sort of thing. Um, is that bad strategy? No, that's that's not necessarily a bad strategy, but it's the, it's the not saying anything mm. because then it's it's about building that relationship like yeah. the off market side of things is huge at the moment. I, I can't remember what the stat was, but last year there was something ridiculous, like 30% of property transactions actually happened off market last year. Yeah, wow. was, don't quote me on that, but it was something really, really high along those lines. Yep. And, and that only happens when you've got a relationship with an agent, because like a lot of the ones that I sold off market, they, they would be to either buyers agents that I know that had a client that was easy to deal with, that they could close quickly and, and that'd be a good suit for the vendor. Yeah. Or it'd be someone like yourself, Dan, let's say I've been seeing you at opens for, for six months, Dan. Mm -hmm. and, and every time it's like you, we actually talk because mm -hmm. I, I think a lot of the time people forget agents are people. Yeah. I know everyone thinks we sleep upside down and drink blood, but, <laughs> but most agents actually are just good people trying to do the right thing by their client. Just don't forget you're not the client as the buyer. Mm. But it's it's not to say that you can't play us at our own game. Like you use the emotion the the exact opposite way. So that way when I'm like, oh yeah, Dan's a good dude. Yeah, he's always, uh, he's been looking for this. I know he's he's a, been approved for, for three months now. He's got his finance in order. And then I'm sitting at the dinner table with another couple. They're wanting to sell a house. Dan pops into my head. Uh, think, you know what? Actually, this would be perfect for Dan. I might give him a call first. Mm. That's cool. And I actually thinking back to, you know, my mistake with the finance thing that mm. I made five years ago, the first home buyers thing was a bit more of a exciting thing back then. And mm. I think the real estate agent did actually want to get us into that house because yeah. we were first home buyers. And I think that's changed now because mm. yeah, I guess, I guess there's just so many first home buyers mm. in the market or there were maybe last year. Not now. <laughs> Um, but yeah, um, you're so right. Yeah. If you can get the agent on side and get a good rapport and relationship with them, then mm. you've got a much better chance. So I like it. Yeah. That's a good tip. Good tip. Very cool. So next one on so the list. Number five. Number five. Number five. So our, our final tip is around building inspections. So 
unless you are a builder that is going to gut the place, renovate it, or you're about to knock it down, having dad come and look on your behalf, I see it all the time. And I've got to say, as an agent, there's a little part of me that's like, okay, cool. This is going to be easier. Yeah. When you're a buyer, like I can almost guarantee you, dad is not going to look through it the same way. And it's no offense to, to dad or auntie, uncle, whoever's going to do it for you. Yeah. But they're just not going to pull the house apart the way a building inspector will. Yep. And yep. and I've seen it before. We literally the, the guy walked around for about five minutes, knocked on a few walls, and he was like, "Yep, place is solid as a rock." And I thought, <laughs> I'm not a building inspector, and I've just seen there's probably about forty things that I've seen them do that you've missed that you, you didn't even turn a tap on. Mm. Like, please for for your own sake, especially if you're a first time buyer, make sure you get that report. And the second thing on that is make sure you don't get intimidated by the report because yeah. there's, there's really two major things that you want to look for major structural defects and white ants. Okay. Yeah, or yeah. I should call them termites. White yep. ants actually the slang term. So termites or major structural defects. It is a building inspector's job to pick out every single fault and flaw in the property. And now they will call a lot of things. I'm doing air quotation marks right now. Yeah. Major <laughs> defects. Okay. Sometimes that is just a term, but then a major defect can be something that's actually rectified for like 30 bucks yourself at Bunnings or $400. If you get a trade to come in and do it, yeah. like it, understand it. Don't just look at the report and go, Oh my God, this is like 36 pages long. This house mm. is about to fall apart. True. Because a lot of the time it's not. And don't be afraid to actually call the building inspector and say, do, do you mind just walking me through these key bits that, that I've circled? I don't yeah. really understand that. Yeah. I think um, I've looked at a lot of building reports recently in in the past year um and and uh, we also have a, a, cl- a client of mine who who's recently started a business doing building inspections and, oh, cool. I, and there's clearly a difference in my mind as well and it's hard you know this might be a new south wales only thing because we have mm-hmm. the luxury of five days mm. um i think there is a difference between someone who's just ticking boxes and and, and someone who's actually going to provide you with that additional information that you said like give them a call and go through it you know yeah. his service is going to be that you actually get to go with him wow and he'll point it out and go through it with you while That's you're awesome. there um which is a great service but yeah. again when you've got a day or two days of cooling off, you're not going to care. You just be like, tick a box. Is it going to yeah. fall down? No, good. I'll buy it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think going through it thoroughly is really good advice because they can be daunting. Yes. They're very many pages long. They mm-hmm. take pictures of a crack in a door handle and, and it's like a big issue on the report because they have to point it out. Yeah. Um, but it can be overwhelming. But if you start to think of it as more of a, a maintenance list, more mm. than, than a, a structural defect sure. or a problem list. And it's just mm. like, okay, cool. We, we know all of the little bits and pieces that need some attention. Like one of the most uh, common ones is moisture readings in the, the wet areas. Mm. So of course there's moisture readings. It's a wet area, yeah. but, but that happens. And, and this is probably one of the other differences to look for with building inspectors is someone that absolutely scares the bejeebas out of you and someone that just actually explains the process. Yeah. Like the, the building inspector that I use, the whole reason he, I use him is because I, I can still picture it. I was in a, a bathroom at this place in Coromandel Valley and, and they found moisture readings in the walls. Mm. And I could see him explaining it to the client and it was just purely logical. He was like, oh, well, look, these are the potential issues. Rah, rah, rah. This is what you can do. This is what you, you can't do. And I was just like, I liked that. 
because it was the the same week. I just had someone else going, oh, no, nah, moisture readings in here. You know what that means? There's probably white ants behind the, the walls because white ants absolutely love moisture. The other thing is you're probably going to have to take all of these sheets off, which means you're going to be ripping the tiles out. If you're ripping the tiles out, you're going to have to redo the whole butt. And he turned this whole thing into like a $25,000 problem that wow. didn't exist. And whereas the building inspector that I use, like shout out Chris, hello, um, it, he was just like, oh, just get a pressure test. It'll cost you about 120 bucks. And, and that way you can actually see if it comes back that there is a problem behind the walls, different story. We need to talk. Yeah. But if it comes back that it's just, yeah, it's a wet area and there's moisture here, well then cool. Like chances are you're, you're probably in a much better position. How good is that? Mm. So that is a big part to get right is to choose the right building inspector for you. Mm. So yeah. yeah, I like that one. That's a good one. I think all of these tips, so number one, finance, get it and have it in order before you're going and have a look. Number two, make sure you know what your needs uh, versus what your, your wants are and also your won'ts. Won'ts, you very specifically your, your won'ts. Uh, understand what the titles are and yep. know what to look for when it is something like a strata or a community and, and yeah. what, what you should be doing. Don't so, be scared off by strata. Yeah, mm. look at the minutes, have a look at what's actually happening in that strata before you buy it. Uh, yep. Negotiating. Don't give up too much information, but don't give up none. Yeah. Is, is sort of what I got from that. Yeah. Uh, and, and building inspections. Yeah. Make so, sure sorry, Dan. Mm. Just to jump in and the, the don't give up. It's don't give up like time sensitive information. Yeah. That's a big one. That'll be used against you. Or anything like with leverage. Yeah. 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 That's correct. Yeah. Nice. And then, yeah, building inspections. Get one done by a professional and have it explained to you. So, Todd, is there any final parting thoughts around buying a house? You? No, I don't. Um, actually, you know what? It's, as much as everything's crazy at the moment, and even everything, if it does dip, because we genuinely don't know. Anyone that tells you they know what's about to happen yeah. is a liar. Yeah. But, but the amount of living rooms that, that I would sit in where people would go, oh, we know we paid way too much. We bought it in 1997 and it was advertised for 180 and we paid 183 and <laughs> we overpaid. And I'm, and I'm sitting there thinking, this is a $1.2 million house. Now. Like, who cares? <laughs> like, just remember, if you're in it for the long term, even if there is a bit of fluctuation, like it not only does it all come out in the wash, but you'll be bloody happy that you've, you've got in it for the long term. True. Yeah. My whole thing lately and, and what I tell other people as well is, can you afford it? If interest rates are five percent, yep, and you know your income might change between now and that time as well. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Can you afford it in the next five years? And do you like it? Yeah, yeah. Then who cares what happens to the price in the next ten years? Exactly. It'll go up and down. Price is irrelevant, really. Affordability yeah. is an issue now. <laughs> price is but, irrelevant until yeah. it comes time where you need to sell. Yeah, exactly. That's what I always thought. Um, yeah, yeah. My my loan and the interest on my loan is essentially rent. And for me, my calculations were the interest was less than I'd be paying rent somewhere else, mm. which I guess is how we got to these house prices. But mm. um, yeah, yeah. Um, for me, yeah, it was just liked the house mm. and I knew I wasn't going to sell it anytime soon. Mm. So yeah. Love it. Awesome. All right. That's the end of our main topic. Quickly before we finish up, other things. Tim, you've got another thing. Uh, yes. I just finished season four, part one of Ozark. which is a fantastic show about an accountant Mm -hmm. who uh, does money laundering for the Navarro cartel. Mm. It's excellent. Sounds good. It's really good. Everyone always recommends it, but I've never watched it. I love it. Jason Bateman. Mm. Other people. (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen Chernobyl? Yes. Yes. 
it, it takes a lot to get me sucked into a series, but Chernobyl absolutely got me sucked in. If you were to put Odzark and Chernobyl next to each other, yeah. similar, like as far as the goodness quality. Yeah. I think so. I mean, Chernobyl, Chernobyl is cool because it has more of like historical mm. facts. And so you're just like actually quite intrigued about that. Mm. Um, whereas Ozark, I guess it's just, I don't know. It's just violence and drugs and, and money and, it's just kind of good. It's kind of all the things that accountants are secretly into. So, <laughs> <laughs> this is what you guys talk about. And what is it? Blue shirt Tuesday or something? Or blue shirt Friday? Or <laughs> blue shirt Friday? No. Um, yeah, we just talk about this all the time. This is why we started the podcast. Yeah. We just talk okay. talk shit. Two so. week talk nonsense. Um, uh, Todd, do you have another thing? Does something you're into at the moment? No, I'm just trying to impress you that I knew about Blue Shirt Friday. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, no, well, I mean, that's definitely something. We play a lot of ping pong too. So if you're ever in our state, let's, uh, let's hit up Friday ping pong mm. as well. We do love the I, ping pong. I would hundred percent be down for that. That'd be good fun. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, uh, my other thing, Chris, yes. quickly, uh, I, I can't even think what my other thing is, what I've been up to. <laughs> uh, uh, actually I've got it. The central West. Of New South Wales. It's a beautiful place. Great place. Drove through the mountains, enjoyed it. It's been a long time since I've been out sort of Bathurst or, or anywhere yeah. further than that. Um, I love it. I haven't been to, you know, m- much further out than, than um, Bathurst in, in, since I was like a little kid. So yep. uh, I want to make an effort to get more more out there. Property-wise, <laughs> it could be similarly placed to like Central Coast to Sydney because mm. Bathurst and Orange have quite good property prices, mm. quite high. Um uh, and yeah, so I guess there's a lot of regional areas not that far away from there, mm. which I imagine would be quite good still. So yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. Yeah, it's good. Uh, I just thought of one more thing as well. The giveaway. Oh yeah, the giveaway. Yeah. We the can't giveaway. forget this. So, uh, so Todd, would you like to give out some sort of mode of communication so that whoever would like a book and there's five books to give away can contact you? To get that. Yeah, absolutely. Just uh, send send me an email at info at pizza and property.com. No AU on the end. So it's just info nice. at pizza and property.com. And if you just send out just your name and your yeah, name, number, and address, I can post it out to you. And that's that's it. I guess we've got the, the first five fastest fingers. Oh, yeah. That's great. So so anyone listening live on, on the Facebook group right now has an advantage of this because True. this episode doesn't come out till Friday. I'm going to actually post that under the live stream in the community too. Yeah. So that anyone who wants a copy of Australia's home buying guide written by Todd Sloan can get their hot little hands on it. Yep. Love it. And just in case, if you do miss out as well, you can get it at uh, all good bookstores. I feel like I need to say that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and if they don't stock it, they're not a good bookstore. <laughs> <laughs> true. Um, and that is, that is also very true. Go listen to the Pizza and Property um, podcast yeah because uh, yeah we, we were actually just on it with Todd so we've done a back to back so you can also listen to us on there yep but he's got over 100 great, great episodes on uh, property related topics so absolutely go have a listen go have a listen to Todd go Thanks read his book back. yeah that's alright yeah. uh, so if you want to get in touch with us twodrunkpodcast at gmail.com twodrunkaccountants on all the socials send us a message send us an email follow us on Instagram because mm. we're posting a lot more. Uh, send us an email with any topic suggestions. We love that. We love your feedback. And uh, we will chat to everybody next week. Another guest next week, Tim. 
Yeah, Jeremy Thorpe, The Economist. Yep, that's Very right. Keen. Very keen. So we will see everybody next week and we will calculate it.